Welcome to the Noclip Awards. I'm your host, Chad Rutherman. I'm uh, the co-star, Luma, Andy Kinnick. Uh, and I am the actual host, JJ Artemis. <laughs> uh, and today, we're back for another year of... What, you, what would you call what we do here? <laughs> Uh, a stupid award show. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and by this, a stupid one, we mean clearly the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, Much li- better than the Game Awards. Yeah. Like all good things, it is decided by one person from the, d- the decisions of two people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the masses at whole, at, as a whole cannot be trusted with these kinds of decisions. I agree. It is democracy in its purest form. <laughs> it's more of a Republican thing, really. What, yeah. Whatever. The, whatever it is. The people have spoken through Chad and Andy, who oh. both represent the two halves yeah. of all people. They channeled exactly. their opinions, like giving Goku your energy for the spirit bomb. Correct. Yeah. Uh, before we start actually getting into the categories, yes. I, would, I, have a, I have a comment, a somber comment about life that needs <laughs> to be said. <laughs> this is the place for that. I, agree. Uh, I, I it's funny because like we're get, we're going into twenty twenty four, right? Like uh-huh. it's the end of this year. Closer to death. Closer to death as always. We're just marching towards it. <laughs> Everyone always says, you know, like as you get older, time goes faster and faster. Like you start the the years just bleed away. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I've heard this many times and I found it to be largely true. Yep. Twenty twenty three was for some reason, the longest fucking year of my entire <laughs> life. And I didn't realize it fully until I was doing these awards and being like, I don't remember anything about some of these days. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's some factual inaccuracies mm-hmm. in my nominations, that's my explanation. I, I see. Okay. Temporal anomaly. This was all... <laughs> Like like most somber moments in award shows, they're really just a way to socially cover your ass from consequences. Correct, yeah. exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. Good, good. 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 Well, I'm here. I have once again been called down from the mountain uh, of weird itch tabletop RPGs uh, and Discord-based 90s diner slash wizard theme LARP adventures. Uh, to pass judgment on the the lesser video games that that I have have left behind. Yeah, video mm-hmm. games as a whole are kind of an oafish art form to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have ascended. <laughs> I have ascended. Yes. Uh, shall we begin? Yeah, and you will now pass judgment. I will now pass judgment. I will draw the award saber. Do we ever name the saber? <laughs> I like the award saber. Yeah, that's what we named it. It's okay. definitely oh, yeah. not. We're, a... we're gaslighting everyone right now. <laughs> It's always been that, and you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> one thing you are not going to be wrong about, well, I guess one of you uh-huh. will be wrong about. Categorically, yeah. Possibly, is what video game this year was perfect for to Switch. The Perfect Switch Award is an all-time classic. The all-time classic? And one that one of us almost always screws up. I think we were good last year. Yeah. The nominees are... Donkey Kong 64, uh, but with a little little E in the middle, so it looks like Donkey Kang. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to check that it's not Donkey Kang. It is not Donkey Kang. Cool. I can't right. confirm. I'm not up to date on these video games anymore. <laughs> they could have introduced a Donkey Kang. I would never have known. And, and re- also released a game called Donkey Kang 64. <laughs> oh. And a very bold entry, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. That Yeah. 
Those are those are the games that are perfect for the Switch right there. <laughs> well, I I have to know why Shadow of the Colossus. Why do you want that somber experience on the go? <laughs> That's just the theme of of everything for me this year. Uh, no, I think it's not it's not the on the go part. I feel like Shadow of the Colossus is the only game that I would describe as slow and plodding and meticulous that I feel like works on the Switch because incidentally it also has little miniature uh, like vignettes that you have to play through. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it is technically compartmentalized even though it doesn't really need to be. Shadow of the Colossus is like if <laughs> Hold on, this metaphor is going to be really good. I, I you have you. to bear with me. Okay. This Shadow of the Colossus on the Switch would be like if Francis Ford Coppola started releasing TikToks. <laughs> so bad? <laughs> I feel like it, it elevates a platform that doesn't necessarily need it, but you know would be funny to watch for a while. I've I've now mashed the metaphors in a way that makes it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, don't elaborate on that metaphor. Let us all complete it for you. Uh uh Andy, uh, why Donkey Kong 64? So, uh we got into this a little bit on the episode, but like it's Donkey Kong 64 uh and it's only available on the Wii U Virtual Console, which you don't have access to anymore, mm-hmm. and the N64. Yeah. So, like and a lot, like, uh, we had problems with the N64. We went through two of them, and they didn't work. We couldn't play the game. Or Chad couldn't, anyway. I have the Wii U version, because yeah. I'm a nerd that likes Donkey Kong. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, it's like a classic Donkey Kong game, like one of Nintendo's flagship characters, and it's really hard to play. Uh, I think it just belongs on the Switch, uh, either on the uh, the whatever they call it now. The, <laughs> the, the Nintendo Purchase Zone. Yeah, yeah, like on the N64 emulator thing they have. Or like some kind of port or remaster or something. A just really neglected piece of Donkey Kong history. <laughs> like most. For no reason, yeah. They, mm-hmm. I feel like Nintendo just kind of likes to ignore it for some reason. And I say justice for Donkey Kong 64. Put it on the Switch. <laughs> I have never felt more like a millennial gamer than this exact moment (laughs) in which we are debating whether Donkey Kong 64 or Shadow of the Colossus should be brought with us on our commute. Counterpoint. Yeah. Almost every other game that we talked about this year is just already on the Switch. (laughs) (laughs) Or like... Just could not possibly be on the Switch. Okay, I respect the absolute requirement to keep this category from dying, even as the Nintendo Switch like arises to gaming dominance as it always should have and was destined to. I, God, I don't. I, I'm tempted to go with Andy less because I ever want to play Donkey Kong 64 on my commute. Uh, then because the idea of sitting next to someone looking over on their video screen and, and watching like a horse die uh, uh, yeah. would, be, would be just it would be like kind of like watching it's like a less extreme version of catching someone watching pornography casually on the subway <laughs> yeah yeah like it's not there are just kind of questions that are implied 
deeper within there. And I would also really be worried about like pausing the game, you know, like when you're like hanging on for dear life with the, the limb of a great eagle of some sort. <laughs> As wow, most yeah, people like to get off the bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas with Donkey Kong sixty four, I feel like if you paused that game and then came back to it, your face like there'd be no expectation for you to like suddenly like really be into the moment, right? <laughs> like you'd be, you would just you could continue to just have like a completely flat expression mm. while, as you're holding the Nintendo Switch. Uh, yeah. Also, when you pause it, it goes okay. Okay. And oh, be, it would be funny to be able to have that sound bite just ready to go at any point in time. I didn't. I didn't know that it did that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I changed my answer. So there <laughs> you guys <laughs> Yeah, that's a hundred percent worthwhile, especially <laughs> one of the like underrated elements of Perfect for the Switch uh, is what games are the best for being the person who does not wear headphones in public or like the <laughs> max speaker kind of person mm-hmm. that can make everyone else's day a little better the that's one of the benefits you of also play the categories is that you can slowly sort of build up more criteria and it becomes more rich and complex yeah correct yeah 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 thank you for revealing this new avenue of victory uh andy kenick does win <laughs> But the one and only time Donkey Kong 64 was won anything. (laughs) (laughs) Especially against Shadow of the Colossus, the most award-wingingest of all video games. (laughs) Next category. Uh, The least story... Let me just get my bifocals out. I'm such a fucking elder. Least scary horror-themed game. A category I wish I had come up with a better name for. <laughs> the really not a- so spooky award. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the spook a little award. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it depends on what the intent of the category will be. An intent I will soon learn, uh, as the entrants are shadows over loathing and chop goblins. <laughs> The fuck is Chop Goblins? Uh, Chop Goblins uh, is one of the greatest video games of all time. Um, No, (laughs) Chop Goblins is a game from the developer of Dusk. Good. uh, That is like a similar like boomer shooter style game. Ooh. Uh, But it's very comedic in general. Uh, You have an arsenal of like an old flintlock pistol and like a machine gun that fires wooden stakes and you kill goblins, the chop goblins who run around and have really high pitched voices uh, and giant heads. Incentivizing you to kill them and shoot their large heads. Well, they came from a dimension, another dimension and are destroying, they're going back in time and destroying history is like the plot of the game. Yeah. Fuck that. It's a very silly game. Mm -hmm. Uh, and one that I never felt afraid of, even a little bit. <laughs> but you would still call it horror themed. Er- I think so. It's got Dracula in it. But Dracula sings like a funny song. I mean, Hotel Transylvania also has Dracula, and in it. is horror themed. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> I will not debate semantics with you any further. Will you debate Shemansky's with me? Well, potentially. I get uh, it. This is not the time nor the place. Uh, Andy, Shadows Over Loathing. Okay, so Shadows Over Loathing, obviously the sequel to uh, West of Loathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like Lovecraftian horror themed. Uh, and 
as you would expect from if you've played Shadows over Lo- or I mean West of Loathing or Kingdom of Loathing. Uh, it's not scary at all, and it's just funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at times, feels like it even loses the thread that it's even supposed to be cosmically horror themed. Um, so I think definitely horror themed and not scary at all. I also considered Chop Goblins, and while I think it does have goblins and a castle level mm-hmm. with Dracula in it, I w- wouldn't really call it horror themed personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be the judge of whether or not you agree or disagree with that. But uh, I think Chop Goblins is more just like a goofy shooter and not horror-themed, whereas I think Shadows Over Loathing is definitely has like Lovecraftian horror themes in it. I see. How quickly did the Chop Goblins approach you by comparison? Is, Is it like a... The goblin is it a swarm of sorts, or are the goblins like throwing poo? Like, what what is their method? They of... chop you with they, like a machete. They do have little machetes. That seems pretty fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, there's they, uh, but and also there's like any good shooter is going to have a variety of of chop goblin enemies. Right. There are goblins that throw machetes at you, uh-huh. and other ones that yell at you. Also scary. Yeah, yeah. I don't so like I to think, be yelled at. Yeah, and also. I uh, would like to enter into uh, consideration Exhibit A. Yes. Uh, the Chop Goblins uh, <laughs> OST main theme. And by that I mean uh, YouTube ad. <laughs> Thanks. Good. Let's Ooh, that's that. not very scary. Yeah, let's get that up right in the foley. Spooky, scary <laughs> skeleton. <laughs> if anything, this, is, this song is horror theme. That, I will agree. I would just flatly believe that that was horror-themed. It kind of seems like if, if like, the case of the Golden Idol made horror DLC, <laughs> that's what that would sound that's like. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think with the bona fides out of the way. Mm-hmm. The bona fides. It definitely qualifies for the category. Yeah. Uh, what you did not expect, and I, you really should be considering this with the categories, because you are, you're not just playing for an award. You're, right. you're trying to play for the award that I will give something. There's like a metagame element here. I, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say you're also playing for your soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're actually playing for a cash prize this time. Oh, oh so shit. Surprise. Don't spoil don't spoil the twist. <laughs> uh, I, I I'm very afraid of goblins actually. Uh, I think okay. goblins are an underrated horror device just in general. There's been a very small uh, number there of There are media. goblins and shadows overloading as well. Right. I think we've gone too far toward the like cute adorable goblin end of the spectrum mm-hmm. and there needs to be more forces in media returning to the like they're fucking cave creatures that are going to eat you side of the of the spectrum. That's fair, yeah. Uh, so since I have all the power here, I'm going to use my biases very explicitly and once again uh, give the award to Andy. Uh, also uh, because I kind of just want to win. Or not win. Well, I do want to win. But <laughs> I, want, I, I, I now want to play Shadows Over Loathing. Uh, uh, and you've, did, you've done I, that. I really thought you were going the other way with that. <laughs> you were like goblins are scary. Anyway, Andy, you win. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the least, it's the least scary. scary. Yeah, oh, okay. least scary. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I'm afraid of goblins. That's what matters. Right. I guess I just forgot what we were even doing. Speaking. It's <laughs> not <laughs> so, a good thing that I won. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this at like 2 a.m. after the bar is closed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's like just not mentally present right now. The next category. 
Do you want another read on that? Do you want another? No, you're good. Okay. It's just one take. It's it's one take a clock. It is one take. <laughs> it is one take a clock. And that means it's time for the next category. Mm-hmm. Uh, best ancient artifact. Yeah, this is a... So, my story on this one is... This is a... Uh, category that we introduced last year mm-hmm. and that I thought was very funny and wanted to bring back. And when Andy sent his suggestions for the things, he was like, I think we should cut Best Ancient Artifact. And I was like, no, I like it. And then when I went to actually make a thing for it, I was like, I actually, we should have cut this because as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, there's only one answer. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I do love this category. I can, I love it already as I look upon the answers it, that you have It was hard to, to come up with something. Mm-hmm. Our first contestant, the manual from Tunic. Mm. Our mm. second contestant. Mm. Uh, it just says Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, was, the Master Sword. Ooh. Okay. Being sent back in time and soaked in a dragon head. It, <laughs> it was soaked. It was soaked in a head. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is pretty rad. So, <laughs> I guess I never really conceptualized the Master Sword as an artifact before, but that really does feel like my failing. It is definitely. Definitely an artifact, mm-hmm. especially when it's no longer a sword for like a good yeah, chunk when it's like of the, the game. broken kind of yeah. mm-hmm. mossy sword. Why do you think the master sword is so good as an artifact in the context of that game? I I think because when I was thinking about this, I was going through and I thought when I you know scrolled past years of the kingdom, I'm like oh yeah, like the master sword got like sent back in time and has existed since like the near beginning of time in the Zelda universe and whatever. It is ancient. Mm-hmm. And like it being like, it's been cast into ruin several times, which makes it feel like an artifact. Um, and yeah, like I feel like the, like the, the act of like purifying it in tears of the kingdom is cool. Uh, and it just, that's the one that jumped out at me when I scrolled over the list of games. So uh, it, 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 it like kind of recontextualized it, the sword in my head. And it seemed like, significant and interesting when thinking about it through the lens of this category. My heart is warmed by your love. (laughs) Aw. (laughs) (laughs) Chad, talk to me more about the manual from Tunic. Yeah, I think that 99.9 repeating percent of the time, Mm -hmm. the Master Sword is the correct answer here because it is... So it's so iconic that it has, in fact, literally been used as an icon for the series uh, that it is in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the manual in Tunic goes above and beyond anything that I've ever seen done with like an in-game item. It is a collectible in the game that is extremely unassuming at first, uh, basically explaining to you what the buttons do in the game you're playing. Uh, It feels like an abstracted element uh, where the manual being in the game feels like a callback to sort of the the more retro aesthetic that Tunic is going for. Mm -hmm. But as you progress through the game, not only does the manual take more importance on itself as uh, a provider of hints and maps and things that you desperately need to be able to get through the game, but it becomes like the main focus of somebody going for the quote unquote good ending of the game. Finishing it reveals the manual to not just be a, an item that is used in the game, but in fact, like the 
the Ruin Seeker's actual target. The knowledge to be gained in Tunic to then be given to the final boss to spoilers for tunic by the way to <laughs> to create like and a harmony the over the 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 world that has fallen into disaster like it is a an artifact that is both functional uh an incredible selling point for the game itself like it is great advertising as like a an elevator pitch uh and it is a narratively important device that evolves over time in a player's mind without being put up as like the MacGuffin, you know? Mm-hmm. I have been swept away by the torrent of truth that you would just unleash yeah, upon I, me. I, I, yeah, I just concede because I didn't think of the tunic manual and that's the, <laughs> that's the right answer. I, I agree, that's correct. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Excellent work. I didn't even need to spoil Tunic there. <laughs> Maybe you spoiled it a little bit. That's fine. I guess you didn't say what it was, but uh, but yeah, yeah. The, the Master Sword, while a relic in universe, uh, is rarely a relic to us. It is rather an omnipresent element of our culture. Mm. We are only there in that setting when the master sword needs to be acquired again. Mm-hmm. Whereas, the, you know, and there's nothing to be really learned from it other than like, you know, you, you should hit people with the with the cool gloving sword yeah yeah mm-hmm. and there's nothing to learn other than that it's evil's bane and you should plunge it into ganon's head god play tunic play tunic bring post-it notes with you just honestly use more post-it notes in life even if you don't play video games just oh now. speaking of yeah oh. here comes the moles or is that the moleskin it is the moleskin hell yeah i have no fucking idea what this means i'm really excited about it <laughs> the description i gave for it was the game that made the player do the most journaling or like keeping track of stuff oh not like the the game that like forced you to go running the most Correct. yeah i was thinking more of moleskin notebook god yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's way cooler you're so much cooler yeah. than me chad <laughs> yeah baby you don't even have blisters on your ankles yeah all the much time. cooler than running yeah <laughs> running is like the most basic activity i think we can all agree i guess it is just sort of using your body in the way it's intended but like harder mm-hmm. <laughs> but when i see somebody running i often think like god isn't there anything better that you could be doing with your time uh yeah that's what I, that's also what i think yeah we're gonna tell you the game of the year not running <laughs> not running <laughs> not once have we even thought about it running no awards the bullskin award nominees are strange horticulture and once again back to back tunic what is strange horticulture? Uh, it's like weird plant stuff. Uh, strange horticulture is a game that we did early in the year uh, for February, in fact. What, just a note, uh, we don't, we, uh, unless we're doing some kind of insane called shot, which I don't think has ever happened, we don't know what the names of episodes are going to be prior to recording them, mm-hmm. uh, because they come from the, the episodes themselves. I only take this opportunity, now that Strange Horticulture has come up, to just apologize to Janelle, who suggested Strange Horticulture, for calling the episode Fart March. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a bad. That was a dumb episode, man. You know, I stand by it. <laughs> Thank you for this moment of vulnerability. Yeah, uh, but Strange Horticulture is a game where you uh, essentially like collect plants. Sick. And then people come in and they ask for a cure for what ails them. Sometimes that is a literal ailment. Other times that is like a demon is haunting them, mm-hmm. and you have to come up with 
the plant that's going to help them from your collection. And to identify the plants, you have to compare the physical specimen that you have with a book. And from that, you have to come up with names for the plants so that you have an easy reference for them. Uh, and it makes the player do all this. Uh, which I thought was an extremely cool sort of like deductive element to the gameplay. It's probably my favorite like mechanical part of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and while this game didn't make me actually write anything down in a notebook, which is sort of like what the impetus of this whole award idea was, right. it was a game that made me actually do a lot of logging. Like I would be constantly updating plant names and labels and all of these things to try and get around it. And... Uh, I thought it was very fun. I like that. I like that pitch. I like logging just as an activity. <laughs> uh, Andy, uh, I, I don't think you really need to go into too much detail about the, the moleskin elements of Tunic, mm -hmm. but I would love to hear about your personal moleskin experiences. Yeah, I wish I would have brought my notebook with me <laughs> um, because, yeah, it, it's a game that, like, I, there's been plenty of games I've played where I've, like, made some notes but it's the first one where I was like, okay, shift gears, this is now the game. Uh, <laughs> going through the manual and, like, drawing out the uh, golden path to, like, open the door and, like, find all the fairies and shit. Like, there's, there's multiple things you can do. Like, there's one of those whatever monoliths that you have to, like, find all the pieces of in the world and figure out how it fits together. And you have to, like, draw that out. Um, and I, I just think it's... It made me enthusiastic about doing that in a way like I don't think any other game has. Um, so, yeah, like I, I feel like it. It to me felt like the poster child for this award. Like it, 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 it feels like the game that like require like not requires because I guess the manual is technically optional. But like you'll want to do it. That feels like you know like everyone's favorite part of the game is figuring that puzzle out. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's just the presentation or the execution of it, like, just made it, like, fun to do in a way that, like, I personally haven't experienced before. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And while I am, once again, just massively biased, of course, in favor, <laughs> in favor of Tunic, uh, I, I don't want that th this award's victory to be taken as a slight against plants i i really the plant community uh is very close to my heart and i hope that we can maintain a good relationship after i hand this victory envelope to andy kennick hell yeah so as the representative of plants i understand and <laughs> yeah. accept your apology i feel like that was a good pick though i didn't think of strange horticulture i thought i kind of thought that we were both going to put signalis and I, so I that was my second choice it. yeah yeah Signalis is a 100% second choice. <laughs> yeah, silver medal. Don't spoil it. I'm like literally oh, mid Signalis Oh, right hell yeah. Now. Uh, yeah. I'm like halfway through it, I think. Fuck yeah. We will not spoil it, other than to say that we wrote things in a notebook. <laughs> I don't know if that counts as a spoiler. It merely excites me uh, on a very deep level. Yeah. Speaking of things that excite me at a deep level, uh, our next category is least likely to be compared to Dark Souls. The other classic? The other yeah. classic. Maybe the first category we ever came up with as a category, not just for this award, sir, but in our lives. Yeah, yeah <laughs> sure. Something we all think about on a daily basis. Uh -huh. Caveman compared 
hunting mammoths to Dark Souls. We're constantly just running away from the idea of thinking about Dark Souls. <laughs> it's very good. The nominees are Super Mario Brothers Wonder and The Bunker. Strong, strong contenders. I want to hear about the bunker first in the ways that it is not like Dark Souls. The bunker is an FMV game uh, where you play as a guy who, in fact, played one of the dwarves in The Hobbit. Sick. Um, (laughs) uh, He is alone in a bunker and uh, with his dying mother at the first thing in that game that happens, his mom dies. Uh-oh. And then he uh, breaks from this daily routine he has of, of just like his mother of, die? of no, <laughs> of eating baked beans while on the toilet. Um, and I'm not joking. Uh, and he then explores the bunker and uh, uncovers what happened there and escapes. Okay. There is a lot of depression and death. I, I'm noticing. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Uh, is there a lot of depression and death in Super Mario Brothers Wonder? I would argue. I mean, there's there's like the typical Mario style of depression where uh, Bowser does something and people are sad about it across the kingdom, mm-hmm. but then after like a pretty brisk ten ish hours of fun platforming gameplay with psychedelic interludes, mm-hmm. uh, it. They all are fine again. <laughs> so, no, I would argue not a lot of depression and death. Yeah, understandable. Also, things being fixed forever. Very unlike Dark Souls. <laughs> Pretty unlike Dark I mean... Uh, there is a cyclical nature of Bowser always. Can't kidnapping Peach again. Uh, that is true, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll give yeah. you that. And with that, we enter our combo round, <laughs> as this is one of the most contentious of all categories. Mm-hmm. Uh Chad, how is the bunker like Dark Souls? Uh, you you bring it up. You bring up that the the game is depressing and that mm-hmm. it deals with death and and sadness a lot. Uh, it but, is easy and requires no effort, though. I'll just say that. That's true. Real so quick. Neither does Mario Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> it in fact has many different difficult ways to make the difficulty even easier than mm-hmm. the default. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bunker, though, I'm going to attack it from a slightly different angle because I also considered the bunker and had to do this exercise mm-hmm. already. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, it's like a chessboard in your head of games that are similar to Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, no, this has become like this is a very meta award at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, what I think about the bunker and the reason why I think that the bunker can be, in fact, compared to Dark Souls is that the game it has sort of an archaeological element to it. Right, you're you are you aren't because the game gives you no choice in what you do. Right, no but exploration. The narrative of it is exploring a uh, it's like a destroyed civilization essentially there Ooh. were human beings who lived in this bunker and due to your mother's refusal to allow you you've never gone into the lower floors since the accident mm-hmm. where the radiation killed everyone and so there's just this element of your character having to go through a ruined world and sort of pick apart what happened based on memories and logs that you find. So solid advantage to chat on this one. Do you have a mm-hmm. rebound? Uh, my only things when I thought about Mario wonder were that it is hard in spots and it has skeletons in it. <laughs> Um, the skeletons were a death nail on the previous <laughs> year, so like their dry bones are in the game. Right. Um, yeah, 
So that's all I got. Dry bones are very skeletal. Uh, <laughs> that, point, okay. point for Andy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm willing to uh, concede here uh, because Chad could have brought up the fact that there's a scene with ghosts in it mm-hmm. in the bunker. <laughs> Uh, I, I think the, the, the pile of evidence is larger against the bunker. I, I respect you mm-hmm. um, for submitting uh, and committing similar to Dark Souls seppuku mm-hmm. on this day. <laughs> Should have picked jazz punk. Should have picked jazz punk. But I consider jazz punk. Yeah. Also. Too late for that. Point to my main man, Chad. Wahoo. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Speaking of men, <laughs> another man's treasure. Mm. What the? What does that mean? Uh, it's our trash. It's <laughs> <laughs> what our as in like I love it, or ours in like I got to figure out what this to do is, with this. We we assume that these collectibles that we are going to describe in the game mm-hmm. or in these in this category are somebody's treasure because they aren't ours. Yeah, like the worst collectibles. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got this it. This was also just really hard for me to pick, mm. and I think it's because I was too focused on like trying to make a statement here. <laughs> and the statement you decided to make was, uh, Resident Evil 4 plus R? Eight. 4 plus 8? But we did both Resident Evil 4 and 8, and both of them have this bad collection. I see. Okay. I just I didn't think they were on 12. Also, yeah. I wrote... Resident Evil 4 plus 8, Final Chapter pro- Prologue. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't know. I, for some reason, put four... Uh, oh, wait, no, it isn't. Yeah, I put four lines on the E in Evil, and I don't know how or why Because it's happened. Resident Evil 4. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's uh-huh. Thank you for calling out your own terrible penmanship. Uh, <laughs> you were first recording to the challenge points that are present in both. I can't wait, as someone who started playing both of those games and then stopped um, uh, to hear more about what these points are like. Uh, and, ooh, a strong contender uh, as, as our second upper cover for Rascal. <laughs> Uh, because it has been too long, I would like to talk about Rascal. Uh-huh. I really remember Rascal. So Rascal feels like it has like most things in the game, like not even half implemented collectibles, uh-huh. where you have the hourglass pieces, and then is it the keys? Keys, keys, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's hard to remember; they're so bad. And like, there's like no consistency is like to like how they're hidden, like what kind of challenges to do to get them, <laughs> like. You have to get all four uh, hourglass pieces to finish the level, which can be a huge middle finger if you complete the Herculean effort of getting to the end of the level and you don't have them all. Uh, like sometimes one will just be hidden in an enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times there will be one where you have to shoot a statue. Like there's no logic uh, on top of the already like frustrating game. It's just like that old like bad old game element of it that just like makes it like feel so obtuse uh and any chance you had of getting into it is kind of (laughs) dashed that is a very understandable rascal experience to Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. uh chad tell tell me about these challenge points which sounds like a thing that you would care about yeah well that's the problem uh i actually i i talked about this on the resident evil 8 episode not on four because we did it as a pocket and obviously i have a lot of important things i have to say about resident evil 4 uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh 
But in the remake of Resident Evil 4 and in Resident Evil 8, and in fact, I think in Resident Evil 7 as well, there's this thing called the challenge shop. And the challenge shop sits outside of the game as part of the main menu and is just a list of shit that you can unlock uh-huh. by ex- by spending challenge points, which you get by doing specific actions in-game. Okay. Some of these are really common, like achievement-style things. Beat the game on normal mode. Oh, that boy. That kind of stuff. Um, but my my issue comes in the form of things that are like, you know, hit 10 enemies with an egg. And it's like, I feel like the, the game, because the challenge point's on the main menu, and because it puts it so much in your face, like, any time that you load the game, it's just like, bah, 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 you did all this dumb shit the last time you played the game. Congratulations on finding a Salazar statue. Sick. Uh, yeah. That, I think it, it kind of ruins the first time experience of playing the game. It's a thing that I like in the abstract, if it was actually abstract, but it's not. It's, like, right in your face, uh, and I found it to be bothersome. I wish that my first time playing through the games, I could just do the things that I wanted to do. And I can, but it's nagging in the back of your head. You're like, what if I want to unlock the fucking cat ears for uh, for Leon? Yeah. What if you want to unlock some fucking cat ears for Leon? Yeah, and so now I'm thinking about, like, how many Magnum headshots I have to land, or, like, et cetera, et cetera. And it just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It rubs me the wrong way, and I don't like it. I understand. I think I'm going to wield the power vested in my holy (laughs) judicial scepter uh, (laughs) to kind of define the intent uh, of this category slightly retroactively. Yeah, sure. Uh, because there is... Uh, not that I needed your permission, but thank you for the... Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I didn't come up with category, but no, you're right. You have yeah, the right. Uh, yeah, you yeah. the scepter. You right? got the scepter. I got yeah. the scepter. <laughs> I, I, I find this category more compelling if it is an evaluation of things that you specifically hate, that would be hated <laughs> by you, but loved potentially by other weird people... So that you have the opportunity, not just to talk about video games, but to kind of implicitly talk about other people in your life who are different than you. And I don't know if there's enough interpersonal connection sometimes within the No Clip podcast. Uh, so I'm struggling to, to imagine mm-hmm. the kind of person who would play Rascal. Uh, period. Period. <laughs> uh, and really want to kind of go out there and yeah. have like, a great experience collecting all those little fucking statue bits right and people pieces uh i mean i don't think that person exists mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> well i think no I, I you're underselling it i think i think that jj never had that experience as somebody who didn't grow up as like a platformer fan yep mm-hmm. but i think that you sort of have that experience like as a child but not in rascal though well, in donkey course, kong 64 but some people yeah. probably played rascal and yeah, enjoyed yeah, it yeah. when they were small children yeah I can imagine that person. Call in if yeah. you were that person. Man, would we long form interviews await mm-hmm. if you were if you are the <laughs> rascal lover of choice. But uh, with that standing offer established, I am in the short term until we we acquire proof that that person <laughs> yeah. has yet been born. Uh, that I'm giving the point uh, to Chad, tying us up three to three. I think mm-hmm. right. you do have three points, right, Eddie? Yes. Good. Good. I'm glad you have three points. Thanks. <laughs> this is me giving you a secret. Mm-hmm. We, we gotta we gotta collude. Get okay. this through. Gotta win. 
It would help if you didn't change the criteria of the category. That would help me win. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, yeah. <laughs> also, I had considered... No, yeah, I def- definitely would have picked a different game. <laughs> yeah. I considered giving this to, like, bananas or some shit, right? Like, yeah. if I had done that, that whole conversation doesn't happen. <laughs> I'll keep this in mind as uh-huh. I change the categories retroactively uh-huh. in the future. Speaking of instruments of change, mm. our next category is the Teased Brain Award. Just most satisfying puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can feel the icy tingle of thought. Uh, I will say that <laughs> Me too, my yeah. answer is not great. <laughs> Don't put yourself down. You've got to really get every advantage that you can muster while I'm trying to collude with Andy to make him win. <laughs> It's worked so well yeah, you... up until last year. I fucking Katniss Everdeen my way into the <laughs> Into the rafters. Into the, the rafters. rafters, yeah. Oh, thank you for making me think about Katniss Everdeen again. <laughs> Those neurons were dying and they needed some water a little bit. Yeah, I gotta rejuice them. Some thought juice, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of thought juice. Uh-huh. <laughs> the first nominee for the Teased Braid Award uh, is... Braid's World 6 Ring Mechanic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I do remember. <laughs> I'm glad. Somehow. It's been many Those years. neurons have been watered recently. Or uh-huh. At least recently enough. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of... They were watered enough at the time, and now they're thick oaks up there. <laughs> the redwood of, of synapses. The, re- the redwood of synapses, <laughs> yes. Our second contender, The Fall. Uh... Sorry, I was going to start talking and then you like looked at Andy and I was like, maybe it's Andy's turn to go first. It is Andy's turn to go first. I just wanted to, I wanted the weight of the fall (laughs) to set in. Uh, So I picked the fall because uh, we did it recently. It's kind of like a cinematic platformer-y like adventure game, kind of like a point and click adventure game, but you don't point and click. Um, So uh, you play as like a... Uh, like an astronaut has like fallen to a planet and is like unconscious and you play the AI of the suit puppeting his body around trying to like get him medical assistance. Sick. Yeah. Very cool setup. But like it, it's made like in such a way that like, I feel like the pacing and the difficulty curve of the puzzles is like one of the most satisfying and smooth that I've ever played. Mm -hmm. Like it, it has these puzzles that like ramp up in difficulty, but like I never hit that wall of like, I have no fucking idea what to do. Like I found like it had like text logs and stuff that like explained things about the world, but they were never too long. I actually found myself reading them all and not skimming and actually retaining it. And it's actually like used in puzzles. Like there's this whole section with this, like, uh, slug mother, like, brood mother giant slug. Oh, hell yeah. And there's, like, this whole section of the map, like, that's, like, three floors, and, like, you have to, like, get information from the break room about, like, how to kill her. And, like, it, it's so natural. Like, you, like, remember, like, what you're supposed to do. As soon as you come across the components, you know where to go and what to do with it in a way that, like, just felt like... Because, like, it could be moon logic-y. Like, right? You know, there's no, like everyday logic to killing a slug mother but like i like, immediately like intuited like what to do and it just like felt really smooth and good so i picked the fall for best uh puzzle design here i i, I know this strange astronaut man 
I've seen <laughs> photographs of him places, and I love the font that they picked for the title. Nice. Chad. Bonus points. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I think I want Braid. Braid is kind of the opposite of that. I think that the Braid is a game that has a very jagged difficulty curve. Yep. Uh, it just sort of kind of picks and chooses where it wants to be hard. Uh, and when it's hard, it's extremely hard and can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that specifically the ring mechanic where, as Tim, you can throw the ring down and it will change the way that things interact with the flow of time uh, was 100% satisfying the whole way through that stage. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one of my favorite puzzle mechanics, and it's coming from a game that has influenced the very existence of puzzle games over the last however many years, like 10, 15 years at this point. Um it's like the one thing that I feel like has not been done better than it was in the original context. Uh, and just something that I liked a lot. So it teased my brain. I agree. There's also I'm pandering. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get, you gotta get better at your pandering. I, I, I have shifted a little bit, but you you could have, there was so much more room for you to pull me uh, in that direction. <laughs> I, I, I really do. am teetering on the edge of this one tried to consider the distinction between whether or not a a mechanic, right? We, we, when Where you're talking about a system that has very gradual effects on the world or like where, where those, it, it's not like an on-off switch, right? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a logic test or a puzzle in the same way that the fall would be, but it does definitely require very intense forethought. I'm, I'm struggling with whether or not that counts as the same type of of brain itch the same thing that you feel when you're playing the case of the golden idol or tunic and you're mapping out all of the relationships between these concepts i think so i think i think that braids in terms of being a puzzle game mm-hmm. i think that braid is almost more I agree it is more action focused essentially. Like you have there's still execution in Braid. Yes. But I think that cuz I am talking about a specific mechanic within the game. Like I think that I said my answer was bad. That's kind of the reason that I think it is bad is uh-huh. that I'm I'm choosing a uh I'm 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 cherry picking a specific mm. part of the game that I think am, like is the, the, is emblematic of why I like it. Uh but at the same time, I, I I would call it a puzzle. I would I would call it a brain teaser mm-hmm. in that there were some of these screens that I stared at for like minutes on end right. to try and get an actual like idea of what I was supposed to be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree that thought is absolutely required and mechanics of a certain level of complexity. But unfortunately, I have just tricked you into admitting that your answer was bad, which gives me <laughs> the only excuse that I need to, to award this point to Andy. I will accept it. Uh-huh. Well, to play the fall, I was a. I didn't realize that there wasn't a, that there was a dead man or dying mm, man in the astronauts. The, yeah. That's that's so cool. It is a very cool concept. I love, and it's like it's a nice brisk experience. Like it's a good good time. I love briskness. Samesies. <laughs> I love brisk iced tea. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can all agree. Speaking of experiences that are brisk, <laughs> the next category uh-huh. uh, is smashiest balls. 
Nice. Everyone's favorite category. No explanation required. No explanation <laughs> required. You know, your imagination is what makes this category good. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Let's see if it will carry you to victory today. The contestants are Cursed to Golf. Oh, and Cursed to Golf. Victory. Let's talk about Cursed to Golf. It deserves it. Yeah, so Curse to Golf is a game that I think we both felt the effects of this category in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think what we're probably both getting at is that this works on multiple levels. Yeah. Uh, it is a ball-crushingly hard game, uh, and in addition to that, it is a game about golf. Yep, you're teeing up a lot of balls to hit with that driver. And because of how hard the game is, those balls end up getting crushed even more than you than they would in a typical golf game. Yeah. It's like ball granola. It is essentially a ball granola. It is like ball game. granola. Yes. <laughs> That's the most true statement I've heard today. Mm-hmm. I agree. Th- All right. Thank you for joining together in the search for truth. Is that the first tie Sma- this year? For, first tie for the Smashies Balls category? I don't think so. Oh, Super Monkey Ball? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one also tied. We'll have to consult the scribes. Yeah. 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 I wish I had fucking scribes. <laughs> nah, nah, boo-boo. We have scribes. More scribes than you, you do. do. <laughs> that, there's definitely a joke in there about <laughs> attempting to use subscribers as actual scribes. <laughs> We don't have subscribers. The we have scribers. Yeah, please, uh, from here on out, the, like, you know, people like, like comment and scribe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Taylor Swift has like Swifties. Uh, we our subscri- our fans are called scribes. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. The next category. So we enter the home stretch. I, we need to be entering into due to the length of the episode and the time of day. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Game best experienced twice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not realize how far into the list we were. Yeah, actually, we're, we got yeah. three left, I think. Hell yeah. After this. Like, this was definitely one where if we, like, workshop this for some time, we could get a, a sick title. Oh, yeah. This is one that I most wish that I'd come up with a better name for. Uh-huh. The contestants are Signalis. Oh, no. And Signalis. Oh. Another tie. <laughs> uh, yet another Two ties tie. in a row. Two ties in a row. No discussion allowed. Only victory. <laughs> I'm not even done with Signalis, and I already agree with both of you. Yeah. Uh, I... I Though I there is no puzzle to motivate it, mm-hmm. I have begun a phone journal of like concepts and just like lore building. That's a good idea. You Agreed, might not have yeah. to play it twice if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Well, I don't know. So, but the reason the reasoning behind it, just very quickly, because we talked about this on the episode, this is a rehash. Uh-huh. Is essentially that the game, as you play through the game, I feel like you get so much more context, and the narrative itself is both difficult to understand at face value. And also has complicated concepts like you were making a journal to cover. And so I feel like it just playing the game multiple times, much more so yeah. than you'd multiple be, endings, yeah. which it does technically You'd be have. keen to all of it from the beginning if yeah. you played it again. It would help recontextualize and make things, I think, a more enjoyable narrative experience. I agree. I agree. 
right. unanimous. Wonderful. What's yeah, it? even with the host, which is rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, all, we're all in perfect harmony. <laughs> the rare three-way. Nice. Three men in a bed. <laughs> three men in a bed. I guess three men near a bed. Yeah. Which we, we kind of do have three men near a bed energy, I yeah. would say, on this podcast. <laughs> you decide what that means, <laughs> listener. Today, the scepter is yours. Uh, our next category. Best soundtrack. Is that your submission? No. <laughs> okay. Said to like double check, you know. I love touching envelopes. He's going to change the uh, the category to be sound. Your submission becomes the sound you make whenever. <laughs> ooh, ooh! This is gonna be this is gonna be a spicy one. Uh oh. Our first contestant, Kingdom Hearts. All right. I wonder who chose that one. <laughs> Our second contestant, RimWorld. I, I suspected that there would be... I knew this is what you were going to pick. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt like that we definitely were on each other's wavelengths here. Let the blood flow. <laughs> uh, I think that Kingdom Hearts soundtrack is pretty good. Uh all and, right, that settles it. I'm not going to argue that it's bad or anything. I don't think this is an offensive category for me. Mm-hmm. I think the RimWorld soundtrack just... I, I literally... This was one of the easiest ones for me to settle on because I knew already that I... Like it's it, like any other time that we've done the soundtrack award. If a, if I'm listening to a game soundtrack extracurricularly, right. that's all, already like a definitely is going to be there. Uh and while I do have Simple and Clean on <laughs> rotation on my phone, nice. I don't really consider that. I mean, I do consider it to be part of the soundtrack. The, Kingdom Hearts gets its flowers for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not out here listening to it, th- the rest of it, <laughs> like on my own time. RimWorld soundtrack is so emblematic of the game. It, it is. It fits so perfectly. And in in a way that is almost kind of unexpected, because when somebody when you hear somebody talk about RimWorld, they're usually telling you a very violent, horrible story, or maybe potentially like a slow touching moment. Mm-hmm. But the the music itself is so relaxed in comparison, uh, and it ends up fitting really well because of the very lo-fi aesthetic of the game. Plus, it just has that cool modern like sci-fi bluegrass feel to it which is like a weird trend i do love modern sci-fi gl- bluegrass yeah it's i also good stuff. i also love kingdom hearts uh yeah i wonder what's gonna win here yeah i wonder what's gonna win here <laughs> andy tell me why i'm about to pick kingdom hearts as the winner okay so kingdom hearts um the composer is yoko shimomura uh, who is my personal favorite, like working composer in video games today? And I think Kingdom Hearts is her strongest work still, uh, personally, because like I can't imagine like acing an assignment more than she did, like composing the soundtrack for this game. Like it has to like feel authentically Disney and contribute to like what makes it feel Disney. Uh, which which is a tall order on the PS2. So I think the soundtrack's doing a lot of heavy lifting. She's doing original themes that like fit these movies. And like I personally find that like every song is like an earworm in the positive way. Like they're all memorable. Like I can think of a world and I know exactly how like the theme sounds, whereas like later Kingdom Hearts games is like less so. 
not to dunk on later Kingdom Hearts games, but you know you got to get those digs in when you can. Um, but uh, like, I just feel like she she has that like ability that like older composers like Koji Kondo had, where they had to like focus on those melodies, and that was what makes like old video game music like memorable and good. But she took that like in like the second or third generation, however you want to look at the PS2 era, and like really moved it steps forward. I think um, like more complex orchestrations and like I think. The pressure of like the having to make stuff that fits with the Disney feel really like I think it puts it up there. It's like one of the better soundtracks to come out of Square Enix, a studio known for how good their music is in their games. So I think it's one of the all time great soundtracks. And I hate that it's not on vinyl. I agree. It's not on vinyl. Nope. We should correct that. We should correct that immediately. <laughs> we should create a limited issue printing. Uh, yeah. Square Enix copyright holders, forget that you heard that. <laughs> the vi- the victory. I know I announced it earlier. Oh uh, yeah. But in case in case the audience was worried that I was joking, highly not joking. Uh-huh. Highly not joking. The winner is Andy. We've now Andy's now got a solid two envelope lead. Well, I thought it was a one envelope lead. Not anymore. I got five. Shit. Which means you're going to have to back-to-back win. Incorrect. I, I lose. The last one is Game of the Year, which isn't a competitive category. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we should have announced it the previous time. We should, have, we should have announced it the previous time. How does it feel to already lose, Chad, <laughs> while I open the last category? As somebody who has won once uh-huh. out of the five times that we've done this, uh, pretty normal. I go out speaking my truth. You do Except go. for that one time I lied. <laughs> <laughs> Words to live by. <laughs> yeah, speak my truth, and you can't prove otherwise. <laughs> speak my truth, eat hot chip, what? and lie. Amen. <sighs> Our second to last category of the evening. The newlywed yeah, game. Where we each try to pick each other's least favorite game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess we'll go one at a time. We yeah, will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy's selection for Chad. I will say that there were some difficult categories this year. This was the hardest one. And I, when I say that, I mean picking mine. Okay, yeah. I thought it was very hard to pick yours yeah. this year. You, you you have a difficult time, and I kind of want to give you free points if you get one of the three that I narrowed it down to. Uh, oh, God. See, you don't have a final answer. I do, and it's in my pocket, and I can display it depending on ha- what happens here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, it, I waffled, re- like, literally on the paper... They, it scratched out multiple <laughs> times because I couldn't decide. <laughs> Did you land on sacrifice? Oh, that wasn't even one of my three. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was between a couple. Mm-hmm. I can pull out my phone to see which ones they were. But um, I, I went back and listened to a couple of them, and I was like, yeah, Sacrifice were really low energy, and we're just like, we don't really like this, uh-huh. like, the whole episode. <laughs> so I was like, that has to be it. I'm not going to think too much harder about it than that. No, that's I honestly, <laughs> I don't even think, I wasn't even really thinking about it as much. Yeah, I put Sacrifice, Mario 64, Curse to Golf, and Child of Light. 
Okay. Child of Light was the one that I actually wrote down was the bunker. Um, oh. So let me let me actually explain. Man, I never would have picked that one. <laughs> yeah. Let me actually explain like what my thought process was because I feel like I because I what I did was I went back and I listened to the final thoughts specifically mm-hmm. on episodes for both of us uh, to see if I could pick out ones both for you and me. And I was, I felt like I was hesitant to be as negative as I normally would have been Mm. on several of the episodes that when I that's what makes it hard. Yeah, Yeah. like there are games that like when I think I struggled with this last year too, um, and I was like, there are games I feel like Chad really didn't like, but then when I listen to the episode, he's like pretty positive. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that I had the balls to come on here and just be like, Mario 64 was the worst game I played this year. <laughs> like, that would have been very funny to me, but yeah. I don't have those balls because I don't feel that badly about the game. Yeah. Donkey Kong 64 also crossed my mind because I was like, Donkey Kong 64 is a game that I had the most frustrating experience with. Yeah. Um, and Child of Light was a game that I just felt like so bored by. Yeah, that but was my runner-up, I had really I think. cool things in it. Right. Um, and the reason I went with the bunker in the end is basically the bunker was a game that had potential that I wanted to like, but ended up being kind of a big nothing. Like it had the diarrhea Wednesday joke, which was funny (laughs) and the acting and the production value is all very good, but it all amounts to kind of an, an, an unmemorable, like, cheap movie scenario it was a game that i wanted to be more and, mm-hmm. and didn't get it so i, I honestly uh, would give you a point here it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah because you've already won yeah but i would give you a point just because i felt like this this year had several games that i was disappointed in but none that i like mm-hmm. had a, a visceral reaction to good i'm glad that you're gaining mastery over <laughs> over your feelings i can't i mean it's bad content i need to hate more <laughs> <laughs> all podcasting right podcasting is a sith activity it really is now chad's guess for andy's least favorite game of the year is ghost runner yeah big softball <laughs> <laughs> i did not like ghost runner at all uh <laughs> yeah it it's like the kind of hard that is just like not fun at all, in my opinion. <laughs> That's fair, and also like <laughs> I did enjoy the game a good bit, but I listened back because I re- I recognized immediately like Ghost Runner is a game that I don't think Andy liked very much, and I went back to listen to a few things because I remember us being negative all the way back at the beginning on. Uh, Hidden folks. Oh and I god, went back, yeah. And you start that final thoughts with being like, "This was fun," and I was like, "Right, we did this because of Andy's right." Penchant. That's not a bad thought, though. Yeah, I was disappointed <laughs> by Hidden Fox. Yeah, but obviously, it wasn't a game yeah. that also did not give you a viscerally <laughs> negative reaction. Yeah. But I think that's the first time I got newlywed wrong. It is. It's for we have to get divorced. Yeah, yeah we have to get uh, divorced now. Yeah. No, I think the first year you got mine wrong. Oh, that, oh yeah. You're you right, you like guess right. Nano Tail or Once something. Once again, anyway, scribe activity yeah. That, yeah. that we. Oh are. yeah, yeah. So scribes. Scribes. <laughs> Consult the scribes. All right, game of the year. Game of the year. Uh, Andy gets to go first as the victor. As yes. the victor. Also, Andy's name is now Victor. <laughs> Andy Victor Kinnick. <laughs> Mister Victor. Only one sheet of paper in my hand. It's buried in the envelope like a secret little guy. <laughs> it is a secret little guy. Oh, I, 
Uh, an unsurprising selection, but a selection I always love hearing you talk about. Uh, he goes first. Oh, you're right. It's just your piece of paper was so big. And my piece of paper is <laughs> It's dominant. Yeah, it's very big. <laughs> Andy as Victor. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Tunic and the way that it made you feel. Yeah, I feel like it's the obvious choice, if you know me at all, from mm-hmm. this year. Um, yeah, Tunic is just one of those indie games, like, put it up there in the Pantheon with, like, the Undertales, the Hollow Knights, you know, like, the one that's, like, the breakout hit. Um, and and it's especially, like, one that caters to me being, like, a Zelda Dark Souls kind of mashup. Uh, very similar to, I think, the kind of game I would want to make if I made a game. Uh, it's just, it's got a, a, an amazing soundtrack. It was one of like my runners up for soundtrack. Like, I think it hits that like lo-fi sound without being too droning or boring. Like it's still got like a catchy, uh, melody going on that keeps you engaged in it and doesn't just like become like a film score or it's very in the background. Um, so yeah. And it, it looks very cute. I love the angular little bushes, you know, great art style. Um, and just, yeah, like galaxy brain puzzle design uh like the uh the tunic manual is just one of the coolest things uh from games in the past several years i think so yeah just the a very standout cool game uh that uh didn't disappoint i was looking forward to it ever since i heard about it and i liked it a lot dude if i had to pick one game that is emblematic of how i view your taste it (laughs) it would be tunic (laughs) over part i don't i don't know if if RimWorld, Chad's mm-hmm. selection is emblematic of your tastes. I, but then again, the thing that is emblematic of your tastes to me is often how much uh, of an internal mystery you are. <laughs> <laughs> and how much I feel like your soul is always like just out of reach to me in a way that allows you to constantly be surprising. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I think that we had... Uh, Tunic is such a good pick for Game of the Year and uh, like would have been mine. Uh if RimWorld did not exist, uh, which is there are there are parts of my life that'd be better if RimWorld didn't exist, such as my ability to sleep, because uh, it just fucking ate my life for a long time. Uh, there are so many there there are games this year. Just as a shout out, like Perfect Tides is probably my like runner up after Tunic yeah. uh, <laughs> and RimWorld uh, because that's a game that I actually like talked about last year to people like people would ask me like recommendations for games and be like perfect tides affected me emotionally in a way that i was not expecting but that's the game i talked about RimWorld is a game that i didn't shut up about <laughs> RimWorld is a game that just like it looks simple it controls like microsoft excel yep uh it is for some reason a life ruining time eater and I spent so much time with it and was so, and enjoyed it so much that I play, I've played through it many, many times. I've started a million different colonies. I've done a bunch of themes. I've now modded the game, but only in one very stupid way. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is like just one of those games for me that I, I, I really enjoyed. And it is a game that has definitely gotten itself into my top ten for the time being. Uh, and Tunic is definitely a top 50 game for me. <laughs> probably pretty high up on it. Uh, but it is not a... It, the RimWorld made me reorganize thoughts. Uh, and that's a big that's a big step for me. It is. It is. And if you also like RimWorld a lot, uh, talk to Chad about it on the Discord. Because <laughs> part of the point of the podcast was like, 
if you play a game and really love it and have no one to talk about it with, it's supposed to be an outlet for it. And I didn't like RimWorld that much. Yeah. <laughs> I, in fact, considered it for least favorite game for you. Oh, no, definitely not. It was like RimWorld Vampire Survivors. Of that yeah, like, with, with me, like I'm very a positive person. So like if I find a game very interesting, I'm probably not going to put it as my least favorite. Yeah. I await the day in which you can ferry me uh, into RimWorld Mania, because I did definitely bounce off the Microsoft Excel elements of it pretty hard. Yeah, it's kind of like Monster Hunter in the sense, like, if you have a friend to, like, get you over that hump. Exactly. Yeah. Because, in fact, the same thing happened with me. With You tried to get me into one of the DS Monster Hunters. Yeah, it was 40 And it, like, barely worked at all. <laughs> Uh, but World just got me right in there all the way. Yeah. Um, Monster Hunter World, a game that I chose... Game of the Year. As game the, of the year. Hunter, <laughs> it was. I chose Monster Hunter World's Game of the Year the first time that we did the No Clip Awards. And that is... And essentially, that is why. Because you did not need a Brady Games guide to fucking play it. <laughs> Excellent. And with that sweltering aura of positivity... Mm-hmm. Uh, it has reconstituted the magic uh, that binds the seal of the award scepter in place. It is it is resealed once again, awaiting for me and only me to break <laughs> its powerful magics in the year to come. Yeah, that's the best ancient artifact right there. <laughs> <laughs> but next year for for coolest ancient artifact, we just pick the letter opener the letter saber. Opener. <laughs> uh, and. Yeah, with the with the sword sealed once more, awaiting its its true master and its time locked freshness, uh, <laughs> the awards next year, so that it may draw more blood from envelopes. Uh, we thank you, the listener, for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Uh, next time, in as we discussed. Literally right before this, the perfect game to uh, to to emblemize the start of a fresh new year, uh, Cocoon, uh, <laughs> from one of the developers of Inside. What so I think right. of the holidays, I think <laughs> of being birthed anew from a cocoon into a new year. I think of uh, my entire sense of self mm. being dissolved. Uh, in a vat of my own creation yep. so that I can return to all of you in a beautiful new form. <laughs> or a horrible new form. We'll find out. Uh, <laughs> until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com where you can find our email address, our Twitter account, the Discord server, uh, where you better Fucking, <laughs> you fuckers better submit suggestions for February. Which is coming up. I've got some backlogs in there. You, you. Oh like yeah, no, I've got, you've yeah, already, got, yeah, you've already submitted a couple, haven't you? Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got, I've got a few on the list. This is not a dire situation. I just like overstating <laughs> uh, the importance of the February submission. If you want to listen to us talk about a game that you suggest. Please send in your submissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can just send them in at any time. Yeah, or just whatever. Yeah, yeah. And just, like, earmark it February. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in, did you then go to fucking YouTube. We've got all of our old episodes, uh, including the No Clip Awards from the previous four years. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
You can be a, a no clip award scribe if you <laughs> mark down what each of us voted for for every category. You can do what people do with the Oscars and go back and listen to all the episodes that we picked for our winners. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, actually play the game. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's not allowed. No, don't do that. Especially when we choose a game because it is bad. Like, (laughs) do not go play Rascal. Or Or do play Rascal. You know, it costs, like, what, one cent? Yeah, a penny. (laughs) So it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Hit the subscribe button. Like and comment and subscribe right now. (laughs) (laughs) Another year in the books. I like knowing. Yeah. Even if I if it doesn't necessarily change my behavior. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. I don't agree. (laughs) Chad ignorance is strength, Rutherman. This is an anti-intellectual podcast. This is an this anti-intellectual is non-philosophical <laughs> content. I feel like for that's gamers. that's going on the end card right there. <laughs> <laughs> a non-intellectual po- podcast. That's us. That is us.